on episode 352 of the YLB podcast. Another weekend, another pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever you want to call it, it don't matter. Elimination Chamber has arrived, and today is the day yours truly, on wax at least. First, preview and predictions of 2023. Now, let me lay something out for y'all very, very clearly. Privately, I am 11 and 0. Going into this, this words, anywho, this inaugural preview and predictions for 2023, and I do not plan on having any L's on my record as we head into WrestleMania, where more than likely, more often than not, it is statistically proven that my dreams of an undefeated season will pretty much crash and burn. So it is imperative that today, on this episode, we go 5 for 5 going into WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. Comprende? All right. But we also have news. We got news. What would that YLP episode be without news? As I bring up WWE announcing they will be adding a second show before Money in the Bank going down on July 1st. I mean, y'all are spoiled, UK. I mean, I'm thankful that Triple H had the mindset of just saying, you know what, let's just go to the UK for a pay-per-view at least once a year because y'all deserve it. And B, it is just it just makes that weekend that much more special. And as much as y'all know about me and Money in the Bank and it should be at WrestleMania, at least in this case, they're taking it and making it international. And I'll discuss my turnover to this portion of the program. Uh, on today's episode as well. But we also have extra news. We got news on the CM Punk Elite ordeal that, of course, that went down at All Out, and apparently they have not, at least as of this recording, have not mended fences at all since that fateful night in Chicago. I mean, there's a lot to be discussed. We'll get into it. And Cody Rhodes actually just had a few words to say about the entire ordeal. That's the main focus of that particular article, which we will talk about in today's episode. Also, and this will probably end uh, today's bit of news. Major League Wrestling, um, for most of you that may not know, uh, back in 2022, had an antitrust lawsuit. I'm telling you words are hard, ladies and gentlemen, to be like that sometimes. On Tuesday. And... Apparently, MLW has suffered a major setback. We'll discuss all of that because apparently it got dismissed by a judge for now, as reported by David Bixenspan over at WrestlingInc.com. All of that in today's episode, and I'm telling you, I am going for five for five. That is the goal. That is the plan. And with that being said, let us begin. Guys, Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 352 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. So glad to have you guys here with me on Saturday. February 18th, 2023. I didn't figure you guys were trying to make me, well, expecting me to go bug wild, but I'm saving my energy for Elimination Chamber preview and predictions. I'm trying to keep it ready to go. So no hoopla in the intro, but if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the things we're going to be talking about in today's episode, do not hesitate to hit me up at an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Also, you can leave me a message Nice little voice message over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective. All the particulars we'll get into at the end of today's show because I want to get right into the news. I'm not going to be talking about any NXT Vengeance Day news. Don't really have any. Uh, my apologies for that. But I do have news. We begin today over on wrestlinginc.com. 
and WWE announcing that there will be a second show to Money in the Bank weekend. This is from Danny Wollstenholme. It was announced last month that WWE's Money in the Bank premium live event would emanate from the O2 Arena in London on July 1st. Following a positive response to the announcement, the company has now revealed that WWE SmackDown will take place the night before Money in the Bank at the same venue, with the show airing live and in a primetime slot from the United Kingdom for the first time in history. The promotional graphic released alongside the news features several WWE talents, including, of course, Men's Royal Rumble winner Cody Rhodes, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and Drew McIntyre. The details regarding Money in the Bank came on the back of WWE's Clash at the Castle event last September, which was the promotion's first major show in the United Kingdom since SummerSlam 1992, and we will never let you forget it, Vince, ever, in the history of ever. We will continue on. Oh, my apologies. And that was Milo making his appearance and presence felt here on today's episode of the podcast. And before I continue, of course, I hope all y'all in the YLP universe and everywhere in the world had a very wonderful Valentine's Day with your significant other or whether it be by yourself, with friends, wherever it may be. I hope you guys had a fantastic Valentine's Day. And of course, shout out to Miss YLP. Happy Valentine's Day, baby. Love you. And you have a cute butt very cute but enough about that we shall get back into the article at hand i believe where we're at the details regarding money in the bank came on the back of wwe's clash the castle event last september which i said was the first major uh, major show in the united kingdom since 1992 SummerSlam. cash clash of the castle was headlined by uk born mackenzie challenging roman reigns for the undisputed wwe universal championship and can we please get that just separate please just, just saying. Once the occasion was over, WWE Chief Content Officer Paul Triple H Levesque disclosed the premium live event had broken several records, including becoming WWE's largest European gate ever. The SmackDown episode set at, for the O2 Arena on June 30th will be the organization's first TV taping in the UK since November 2019, when the blue-branded show and WWE Raw were taped on the same night in Manchester, England. How they pulled that off, I don't know. That's rough. Before that, WWE had been filming its flagship, flagship shows twice a year across the pond since October of 20, 2004. Those tapings started following the discontinuation of the annual UK exclusive Insurrection and Rebellion premium live events. I'm telling you, this is truly a wonderful decision on WWE's part because when I first initially heard Money in the Bank was going to be Still a separate show. I poo-pooed it. I was not a fan of it. I did not like the decision whatsoever. But thinking about it more and more, and now with WWE announcing they're having a second show to Money in the Bank weekend, this actually makes all the sense in the world for WWE and um, London as a whole. And I know Brother Jermaine is just having all the feels right now if he has heard about this announcement. Um, because this is a big deal for the UK. Like, truly think about it. Clash of the Castle was an absolute success with the, with the card that they had, with the crowd, the energy, the everything. Going back to the UK just made sense. And for Money in the Bank to go to the UK, I think it's a much more ideal idea for WWE to take this over and into the UK and actually add a SmackDown show. It just makes sense. That way your SmackDown roster can just go straight to London after the house shows or whatever, cool out, get used to the um, time difference, and then do their show on Friday, do the thing for Money in the Bank, and then, um, you know, head back to the States if they have house shows or anything like that. Sleep in the plane, do what you need to do. But with the way they're going about things, because I was hoping that Money in the Bank would be inserted back into WrestleMania. Because Triple H was there, it just made sense. Let's bring it back to what it actually meant and just and, and what an ideal place for it to be. But Money in the Bank in the UK is a a, a fantastic idea. B brings more um it, it wasn't just a one-off uh for WWE to just do Clash of the Castle and then just be like, okay, yeah, you're not gonna get another show for another 30 years. No. 
they're making this a big deal. They're making this like, we want to be in the UK market and we want to give fans exactly what they get, what they are going to get in from the US. It's a worldwide brand and having shows like a money in the bank in the UK is just plain flat out, just brilliant. And then having SmackDown be part in the same arena that they're going to do money in the bank. Hey, you can get ticket packages um, going. You can get like, you know, Get tickets for SmackDown, tickets for Money in the Bank. Boom. You got it. extra money. It's good. It's good business. Um, but it just brings it. So it's basically back to back days. You go on Friday, do the show there. Go back on Saturday, do that. Fan For fans, it's going to be a win. For WWE, it's going to be a win. For the talent, it's going to be a win. Because when WWE or any company, pretty much in particular, that's not based in the UK, go to the UK. The UK and especially if it's a product that the UK fans dig, they will let you know. I mean, SmackDown before the Money in the Bank in London in the O2 Arena. How many? How many seats? O2 Arena seating plan. Money in the Bank. Twenty twenty three. Let's see what they got here. Trying to get very specific. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, they already got ticket packages. But I want to know how many people does it sit? Oh, to capacity. So we're talking about depending on the event. Oh, that's Prague. My bad. My apologies. Prague can seat 18,000, though. Go checks. Indeed. So, in in terms of the UK version of the O2 Arena, we're talking about 20,000. Up to 20,000, depending on event as a whole. So, you're getting up to almost 20,000 people. And a combined, possibly 40, depending on how they're going to do the arrangements and everything. Of course, you know, you got the set, you got the ring, you know, all the stuff they're going to do with that. So maybe, you know, a nice, a much better guess, a much better estimate will probably be about somewhere in the range of fifteen to 18,000, depending on how they set everything up. And we're talking about thirty to 36,000 people, possibly, going into the O2 Arena. Maybe some repeats, who knows. But if we're talking about both shows and it was just separate fans, we're talking about close to 36. Max. That is big. Back-to-back nights. That is not a bad deal. And, you know, you're bringing, you're bringing pretty much all, you know, Cody Rhodes is going to be there. They're talking about Seth Rollins, Jimmy and Jay, Drew, which may get some indication in terms of um, possibly drafts, draft deals, you know, where everybody's going to go and everything. Who knows? Um, overall, though, I believe WWE doing Money in the Bank, if they decide to do it and make it a yearly thing and doing it in the UK... I'm not going to be mad about Money in the Bank not being at WrestleMania. I won't. It just doesn't make sense to be mad about it. You know, it, it just makes, you know, Money in the Bank is a good it is a good show when they decide to make it fantastic. Um, more often than not, Money in the Bank shows are kind of, eh, a little, ah. Uh, but I think if you do it in the UK, it just brings a different type of vibe. I mean, UK fans, I would say personally, are much better fans than the United States fans um, in terms of WWE because they just go all out. I mean, even with the you know progress, ICW um, and all the other promotions that they do have, you know, over the top wrestling, you know, that they do have in the UK, they go balls to the wall. They will chant. They will scream. They will let you know how exactly they feel about you, heel or face. Just brings a little something different to the whole experience. And I cannot wait to see how Money in the Bank UK version, you know, goes when it happens on July 30th and July 1st. Ticket packages, tickets are on sale. Words are hard. Of course, tickets are on sale. You can look it up to get some ticket packages. Make a trip out of it. Have a holiday, you know. But we shall continue on with the news. We head over to WrestlingNews.co. CM Punk and the Elite haven't mended fences at all. Since AEW All Out Fight. This is from Andrew Ravens. The backstage fight between CM Punk and the Elite was back in the headlines on Monday when Cody Rhodes discussed it during an appearance on the MMA Hour. Punk 
since early September following the backstage brawl with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega after the all-out pay-per-view at the po- all-pay-per-view. At the post-event presser, he ripped Colt Cabana, Adam Page, the AEW EVPs, and more. Last week, in an Instagram stories post, Punk shared a video from Ice-T's Instagram page about forgiveness for bad deeds, and I don't have to hang out with people that wronged you to forgive them. Punk will be medically cleared to return in a few months, but his AEW status is still up in the air. And while speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted the Elite and Punk have yet to mend fences, saying, quote, A lot of damage was done. There's a lot of mending of fences that needs to be done, and there's been no mending of fences at all. You know, it's a big situation because Punk could be back in two months. Then there is a decision. That's going to be a big story. How that goes down or doesn't go down. And of course, if I use any of these uh, quotes from the article, F4W Online gets the credit. H-T-2 Wrestling News, I code for the transcription, all that good stuff, because I don't want to get sued. Anywho. Hmm. It's a shame that no one's been reaching out. I mean, the fight itself was a really big deal during that time. And, you know. It's it's one of those things where it honestly could have never should have happened. And, you know, it, it it all of that did not need to go down the way it did. It really didn't. And to be brutally honest. If Punk's going to be coming back after his injury and all that good stuff, and still no one has reached out, and no one reached out, like it's been what, a few months now since? And we and no one's talked to each other? Come on. This is nonsense. And let me see if I could find. So, okay. So we're looking at yahoo.com and I got a little bit. And so talking about when he was on the MMA hour with uh, Ariel Helwani and see, speaking with Ariel Helwani on the MMA hour, Rhodes was asked to comment on brawl out. And he began by noting that one of his students at the nightmare factory was involved in breaking up the fight. Saying, quote, I got a fun story. It's pretty neutral, but one of my students from the Nightmare Factory was involved in pulling apart whatever the scuffle was. He's got a job. He's a driver there. I told him, I go, I feel terrible. I didn't prepare you. We taught you how to do hip tosses and how to how to do an interview. We didn't teach how to break up a backstage brawl. So now when we do these beginner camps, I always want to be like, so guys, if you see two guys fighting, immediately separate them. Just because he had that experience. That always popped me. He recalled the morning after the incident, woke up, had 63 messages describing how he was worried that someone took a shot at him or Brandy, then discussed his relationship with Omega and the Young Bucks by stating they still have a great bond, though it was tested during their run as executives together, saying, quote, I woke up the next morning and I had no joke. I think I had 63 messages. So I was very worried that something was said about me or Brandy. I did everything I could. I gave a lot. I have great memories with AEW. I do. So I hope it's respected mutually. I was worried. I was like, I hope somebody didn't take a weird shot, something like that. That wasn't the case. It was about this press conference and all that. I had a great relationship with Matt, Nick, and Kenny. Still do. It definitely was tested by being young executives. It was tested by having differing opinions on wrestling. But our different opinions is what made it strong. That's what made us work. I want to do Crockett in old school. They want to do PWG in West Coast. And damn, I loved it. I liked that. That contention is what made us bond. We're bonded forever because of the things we did. He also made it clear that he had a great relationship with Punk and that he bought a veteran dinner when he was in AEW, saying, quote, I also had a great relationship with Punk. He was my dinner buddy. They ordered dinner for me at AEW every week as one of my management perks or whatever. I don't think he knew. I always just put it on my tab because I wanted to make sure he was getting something too. Salmon or sushi. We didn't talk a lot, but I had a great relationship. We'd still chat, and I was so excited to have him back. If you remember when he came back, everyone was fired up about that. He went on to say later in the interview, Saying, quote, when I watched it, just from my sitting there, there were some people texting me. I remember someone you texted me, man, you're the smartest guy in the room. I wanted to write back, F you, man. I don't feel that way. I feel this thing we built got damaged, and I'm not putting blame on anybody. Sorry, Super Switzerland at this moment. 
I'm not putting blame on anybody, but I just hated seeing that because as the company grows and I hope it continues to grow, I hope people remember the mission in the first place, why we were there. If you bring in people who don't know the mission, then things like that can happen. I'm not saying he didn't know the mission or anything of that nature, but I was just bummed out. That's how I felt. I would be too. Especially if you're the EVP of the company. And seeing that happen and take place under your watch, it has to make you feel some type of way about that. I mean, it's a shame that it happened the way it happened, honestly. It, and that's and it's, it was very brutal and a very like, nice black eye. An unfortunate black eye on AEW at that point, especially, you know, coming off of, you know, Forbidden Door and all that good stuff. Going into All Out and the anticipation for All Out just being on a high level and then having that happen just really, you know, blew the air out of the tires for them, you know, as they were really just on cruise mode and just straight up just cruising. Like, they they were just on point. They were just really in a good groove and then that happened and all everybody was just pointing right to that. (sighs) I mean, hopefully these two and, you know, CM Punk and the Elite can really just, you know, at some point in 2023, be able to start mending some fences and really let some things be aired out amongst themselves. Um, because CM Punk in AEW is not a bad thing. It isn't. How everything went down was. It was a bad thing. Very, very bad. And like I said, hopefully these two sides can just, you know, mend their stuff and get everything together and really, you know, come to an understanding of what, you know, how each other felt about it. Because, you know... Until that happens, nothing's really going to get done. And especially, you know, in terms of CM Punk wanting to come back to AEW, that's not really going to happen. Until at least, at least, you know, the two sides can come together and actually talk things out and actually let things be known towards each other. But we will have to wait and see. Finally, in this last bit of news, we go back to WrestlingInc.com with MLW's antitrust lawsuit against WWE dismissed by a judge for now. By David Bixon's band. Major League Wrestling suffered a major setback in its antitrust lawsuit against WWE on Tuesday, albeit with a small amount of room left for some hope. That's because United States District Court Judge Ed- Edward J. Davila dismissed the suit while also giving MLW 21 days to submit an amended complaint in the process. And it, it is in that amended complaint that MLW can attempt to address the deficiencies that WWE cited. The heart of the suit was the claim that WWE interfered in MLW's dealings with both Vice TV, which is partially owned by A&A, by the way, and Tubi, owned by Fox. Do you know which company is also partially? Never mind. Costing MLW vital rights fees and television exposure. WWE argued that MLW's claims of antitrust violations were not sufficient with not sufficient violations of the Sherman Act, the relevant piece of federal law, asserting that MLW did not plausibly claim, one, a relevant market, two, monopoly power, or three, antitrust injury. Citing a ruling in the ongoing UFC fighter antitrust lawsuit, Judge Davila noted that MLW had not provided an adequate explanation of the specifics of the market for pro wrestling and other sports entertainment content. This is the kind of thing that could be remedied in an amended complaint, though, which is why MLW has three weeks to put one together. Because of the dismissal, Davila denied WWE's two pending motions regarding the discovery, deposition, document production, etc. process, which pertained to setting a discovery schedule and barring discovery until the motion to dismiss was decided. MLW debuted on Reels last week and its premiere episode averaged 79,000 viewers overall in the Nielsen ratings with a .03 rating in the key demographic for adults aged 18 to 49. Among cable originals, it placed 132nd for the day in the key demo. And now, like I said, um, this is a situation that has gone on for a while now. And it's plain as simple as this. MLW has 21 days to submit uh, an amended complaint. I mean, if it if it does turn out that WWE did interfere with those two and those two companies, that does suck. It sucks a lot. It's not one of those things you want to actually mess with. It's not, one of the, it's just not one of the things you don't you just don't want to deal with. But in, in this case, MLW's claims of antitrust violations were not sufficient enough. They'll, you know, they'll be damned if they don't do an amended uh, complaint and make that happen for themselves. Because if that was the case, that did cost MLW a lot. 
exposure to you know you know the chance to get into the market to be able to be seen by you know instead of seventy nine thousand fans maybe one hundred and seventy nine thousand fans two hundred seventy nine who knows but that does I mean that does if that's the case that does do a lot to be able to excuse me allow MLW to become part of that major market if they're able to do it. Then MLW will uh, be enjoying um, some things. Uh, we will have to see, though. Uh, I will keep my eye on this as best as possible. And uh, if any news comes up about the lawsuit in and of itself in the next few weeks, I'll let y'all know. Plain and simple as that. That's going to end the news portion of the program for today's episode. And when we come back, y'all know what time it is. Yours truly. Going five for five, hopefully. With our preview and predictions for today's Elimination Chamber Premium Live event. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. With episode 352 of the YLP podcast. And before we get into the preview and predictions of today's episode and for Elimination Chamber 2023, let me remind you to make sure you check out, of course, the family of Wrestle Addict Radio, not just me. I appreciate y'all checking me out every Saturday, but of course, there's more than just me. You know what I'm saying? Every Tuesday, make sure you check out the Brace for Impact podcast as our boy Nate the effing great brings us back into the glory days of TNA Impact. It's good times. And if you're an Impact fan, this is the show for you. Every Wednesday on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you check out this podcast, Kings of the Rings, King Ricky Rose, Will Terrace Shook, holding it down, talking about all the news, entertainment stuff pop culture, whatever you're looking for within that realm, Kings and the Rings podcast has got it for you. And what better way to kick off your weekend, not just chilling in the YLP realm, but checking out the Fretzelmania podcast, of course, by my boy, Brother Fretz, as he breaks down the ruthless aggression era. If you're a fan of that, like myself, this is the podcast for you. So make sure you check out the entire family of podcasts. And don't we ever forget the legend that is Kay Murphy here on WrestleLetic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Elimination Chamber 2023. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. This may be a very anticipated uh, show in terms of Elimination Chamber as a whole. It has been for quite some time. As we go into it, looking at the card itself, you have a lot of storylines excuse me, that are going to be taking place. I mean, this show feels like another chapter going into WrestleMania 39, and honestly, that's what you want out of a proper WrestleMania season. You don't want it to just be where Rumble happens and then just shit for the rest of the time until we get to WrestleMania. No, you want the stories, whether it be at the main event part, the mid-card scene, tag team championship scene, women's championship scene, doesn't matter. You want each of these stories to actually matter and give it something to, for us as fans to actually chew on and invest it. And I think this card in particular does that as a whole. I mean, you got Roman Reigns with Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Universal, WWE Universal Championship, especially off of the heels of what went down at the Royal Rumble uh, just a couple of weeks ago with Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline, Jay Uso all up in his feels. You know, Roman pretty much trying to more than likely just end the life of Sami Zayn in Montreal. Um, it is This is the big deal. This is the big one. This is everything that, you know, has culminated. And now that we know the bloodline is beginning to implode, now what is the next chapter? Uh, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Edge of Beth Phoenix versus The Judgment Day, of course, to be expected. I am really excited about this matchup, uh, especially now that we get, you know, Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley going up against each other. Um, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio are going to be on the outside more than likely. Um, hopefully, Rey Mysterio makes an appearance in this matchup. But again, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But I'm really excited for this match. And uh, I think they were supposed to do this beforehand, but shenanigans, 
and all that good stuff. So, important to say to see this actually go down and be taking place. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar just uh, was pretty much signed into this matchup, and I'm surprisingly excited for this. Surprisingly exp uh, excited. Um, really, oh man. This is actually, I mean, if this leads to a final encounter against each other at WrestleMania, hopefully in the fight pit, I will not be mad at this one bit, because there will be at some point that, you know, Lashley Lesnar has to end. Hopefully it does end at WrestleMania. That would be very nice. Um, but this, you know, this is a matchup that I'm, I'm sure I know a lot of people were looking forward to and or now are looking forward to, especially with, uh, with Lashley eliminating Lesnar uh, at the Royal Rumble. This now makes it a little bit more compelling and something to actually sink our teeth into. And of course, the Chambers matches. The Chamber matches, yes. Um... This is going to be a fun one, you know, because we're bringing back the wonderful game that is process of elimination. But they're doing the United States Championship and Raw Women's Championship. Well, pretty much to determine the number one contender for the uh, Raw Women's Championship. And I think one over the other is pretty much predictable. And as far as the United States Championship goes um, and the Lashley-Lesnar uh, situation goes, they're, they, they feel like trap predictions, um, especially with the... United States Championship uh, Elimination Chamber match. There's six in this portion of the program, and I'm going to do my damnedest to try to figure this one out with process of elimination. And of course, I don't think it would be, you know, any type of proven predictions if we didn't have the the proper, you know, game show theme music. I mean, we, we need some theme music. We need something in the background for us to enjoy. And uh, let me see here. It's not going to be here wants to be a millionaire. Absolutely not. Where is the one I always use? Where is it? I, I, I got to make sure I have it. Got to make sure you have it. Because if you don't, it's gonna, it, doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. If you don't have it. But I think we got it now. Yes, we do. The Price is Right theme song again. Goal is simple. Five for five and continue on the undefeated season as we head into WrestleMania 39. We'll kick things off with Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And to be brutally honest, this is a this is a trap prediction for me because, you know, I'm in one of those modes where I'm just like, who, who honestly should win this match? What makes the most sense um, in this case between these two as we head into WrestleMania 39? Will they face each other again? Um, will there be a final uh, encounter between these two of some sort? I hope there is at WrestleMania 39 for our sake, and then hopefully we get Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. That would just be quite delicious. Um, but we ain't at the that buffet just yet. But as far as my prediction goes... I'm going to go in this case with Brock Lesnar. I think it just for me, honestly, it makes sense to do it right now, especially if they're going to have a last encounter, um, hopefully in the fight pit, because that just makes all the sense in the world. And I know fans on on Twitter, and I haven't seen it on Twitter, they want to see this match in the fight pit. Everybody's been clamoring for it. They've been we've been saying it for about a year, year and a half now. These two need to face each other in the fight pit, and I hope. At WrestleMania 39, they make that a special attraction match and turn that into like the like the proper last encounter between these two in the fight pit. Um, make it a big deal. Do a press conference for it just for that. Training montages, all that good stuff. And that is why I'm taking Brock Lesnar because I think at WrestleMania 39, if they decide to do this match one more time, Lashley should be the one to end the feud and get the victory once and for all. So with that being said, I'm going with Brock Lesnar to win this matchup. It's either going to be that or a double disqualification ends in a no contest and we head over to WrestleMania, hopefully for the fight pit. We then go into the mixed tag team matchup. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Judgment Day. This is a uh, this is kind of an uh, interesting matchup uh, to predict as well because you could go either way in this match. I think honestly with this entire card, only one match for me is actually bulletproof in terms of prediction, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But um, 
This mad, this feud with Edge and the Judgment Day, this storyline surprisingly has been pretty damn good uh, for the last almost a year or so. Uh, going back to the Raw after Mania, Edge, AJ Styles, everything, all that, all that good stuff. Because in my mind, I want to go with Edge and Beth Phoenix. You know, I want to go with, I want to make sure, I'm thinking in my head, you know, this just makes the most sense for Edge and Beth to get revenge on Finn and Rhea and all this stuff. And I'll take Edge and Beth Phoenix with this one little caveat. I hope, I really do hope this marks the beginning of Ray versus Dominic at WrestleMania 39. I think we didn't get it when Dominic began his little bit of a heel turn a couple years ago. Um, and I think, you know, we've already seen the, you know, the turn on Dominic, you know, on turn, right. We've seen the turn it's happened. And honestly, it, we would be WWE would be a bunch of fools to make anyone believe that this would be not the time for us to finally be, see the beginning of Ray versus Dominic taking place. I'm going with edge and Beth Phoenix to take the dub. Hopefully that is the case. And adding in Ray versus Dominic, Ray coming out and actually attacking Dominic for the first time. Montreal will go bonkers for that. And I know you will too. The undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. If you honestly believe for two seconds I'm going with Sami Zayn to take the title in Montreal, you are sadly mistaken, my friends. This is about as bulletproof as it's going to get for your predictions. More often than not, Roman's going to win. Roman's going to do what Roman does. Roman's going to destroy Sammy in Montreal. And then it's on to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. Roman wins lol. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for, well, not everyone's favorite game, but at least mine. The game of nothing more than the process of elimination. The game is very simple. We're going to go through both chamber matches. We're going to go through both chambers matches. And with every person we do not believe is going to win in the elimination chamber, we're going to play a little song like this. simple don't you think let us begin with the raw women's championship well and the raw women's championship the, the match to determine who will face becky not becky lynch maybe uh bianca belair at wrestlemania 39 for the raw women's championship now before i get into uh this particular prediction may i say wwe the only way rhea ripley defeating charlotte flair at wrestlemania makes sense um, is because that there is a revenge factor in there for what y'all buffoons did in um, at WrestleMania during the pandemic um, with her losing the NXT Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair. If that is the only reason you are doing this, then I am perfectly fine with Rhea challenging Charlotte because um, Rhea with gold makes all the sense in the world, but I wish y'all had made the decision to have Ripley face Belair. That is called money moves. Nonetheless, let us go through the list here of people who we know for a fact aren't going to win this match. Carmella! That's it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> she ain't definitely winning this matchup uh, for sure. Carmella just came back into the fold. I hope Asuka's the one to eliminate her just to make it even more hilarious. Natalia. It just no. We, we know that's not going to happen either, and that's okay. That's perfectly okay. I'm sure she'll she'll have a fantastic performance in this matchup. Hopefully, um, 
Nikki Cross. She had her moment as Nikki A.S.H. It's unfortunate that this is the case. As she comes back into the uh, her old, uh, pretty much, character that she had in NXT. But unfortunately for her, it is not going to happen for her to be getting a shot at the Raw Women's Championship. Raquel Rodriguez. This is the pretty simple reason here. As And don't get me wrong, I am a fan of Raquel Rodriguez. I think she's a great talent. I think, you know, she does well with her size. She's got power. I mean, she's a very athletic, handles business. But I think it is not her time just yet to be competing for the SmackDown or Raw Women's Championship. She's right there. She is right at the cusp of gunning to be a part of the main event scene. I think 2023 is going to be the year she begins her ascent towards championship glory. It is not her time just yet. Yet, which leaves us with Asuka, well, at least by my count, and Liv Morgan. Both these ladies make the right case to be able to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. But unfortunately, Liv Morgan. Don't get me wrong, people. I'm a fan of Liv Morgan, but there's only one person in this entire group, since pretty much they started doing qualifiers, should be the one to face on Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39 for the Raw Women's Championship. And I've seen it online, and I can rock with it. And it's pretty darn simple. If it ain't going to be Rhea, it might as well be Asuka to win the Elimination Chamber match and become the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship. You ain't turning her into Kana for nothing. You're not going to have Asuka bring out the Kana character just because it's, well, the time of this recording is Tuesday. Actually, Valentine's Day. Again, happy Valentine's Day to my love, Miss YLP. I love you, baby girl. I love you, Chica. And you still have a cute butt. <laughs> but... Asuka just makes sense. It just makes all the sense in the world for her to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. And not only to do that, but to beat Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. She's a heel. And they're not going to do babyface versus babyface at WrestleMania 39 for the Raw Women's Championship. So I'm going with Asuka to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, which leads me to, I'm not sure will be the main event, but will definitely be a co-main for sure, which that will be the United States Championship. Austin Theory defending against Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. Not a bad, I think it's a sextet? Yeah, it's a sextet. Not a bad sextet. Don't get you, don't start getting any ideas, now get nasty. A little sextet. The challenge for the WWE United States Championship. And I am going to be here to tell you right now. Montez Ford. And I love me some Montez Ford too. But man, it is not his time just yet. It is not. It's unfortunate. Um, just no... No, no. Seth freaking Rollins. And I'm sure this is going to piss a lot of y'all off because I know a lot of y'all would like to see Seth freaking Rollins back with the United States Championship, but I got ideas. I got plans. I got plans. Well, not really. It's kind of... It's not going to be Seth freaking Rollins, though. And it's not going to be Montez Ford. Let's just put that out there and let it be known. 
Hmm. Damien Priest. Sorry, man. That's going to hurt some of y'all, too, but I don't think Damien Priest is primed and ready for a U.S. championship run just yet, which leaves us three. Theory, Gargano, and Reed. All three credible names, and all three would be perfectly nice with the United States championship. Bronson Reed. And it hurts my heart. Now, I don't know what the situation is with Bronson Reed and The Miz. I don't know if they're still a thing. I don't know if Reed is just on his own now. All that good stuff. But I don't. I have some weird feeling that it's not going to be Bronson Reed tonight. And I really mulled this one over, too. And I was thinking Bronson Reed as champion would make a lot of sense. And then I thought about Bronson Reed versus The Miz and how that doesn't make a lot of sense. Which then leaves us Theory versus Gargano. And if we're being brutally honest with ourselves and each other, this should be your final two. This really should be your final two. Former members of the way going up against each other to determine who is going to leave Montreal with the United States Championship. Now, you have a case for both men. Theory winning the chamber, looking strong going into WrestleMania. And as far as we know from reports, it's pretty much almost penned maybe permanent markered but at least we know it's penciled in at least for now theory will be facing john cena at wrestlemania and that is not a bad thing at all and that is something i am definitely looking forward to i'm i'm not lying it's just it's just a beautiful thing when you have you know guys who want to face john cena so they can beat up on john beat up john cena it's great but the thing i mold over a lot what makes the most sense going into WrestleMania is theory retaining the championship and going to champion and going to WrestleMania against John Cena in a non-title match make all the sense in the world. Or does Johnny Gargano winning the title here make for a big moment? Maybe theory competes both nights. Who knows? There's so many things that are up in the air still. But in this case, in this weird thought experiment in my head right now, Austin Theory. Was, this was a very hard decision to make. It was a very, very hard decision to make with this. Because if you look at it, Theory going into WrestleMania as the United States Championship, as the United States Champion, makes all the sense in the world. Make him look strong, going against John Cena. Maybe he puts the U.S. title on the line against Cena. Don't know. I honestly don't know. But for some reason in my mind, Gar Johnny Gargano leaving with the U.S. Championship is the one that makes all the sense in the world. Will it happen? Maybe. And if it does, fantastic. Win for me on the column. And But I really think Johnny Gargano is going to be the one leaving Montreal with the U.S. Championship. And, and the thing is, you know, if it was Gargano Theory at WrestleMania, it is guaranteed more than likely for Gargano to win the championship. Even though Theory's only had the championship for a little bit of time now. Well, for some reason, even with the even if Theory loses the championship, he's still gonna do everything he can, and I'm sure WWE will do everything he can to look strong as hell to go into WrestleMania against a guy like John Cena, a legend in John Cena, and that in my mind means Theory can drop a championship and still be hella strong going into Cena, going going up against Cena at WrestleMania, because then you can create the the match even with the championship on the line. I think Gargano taking the championship away from Theory 
then leads into a uh, rematch at WrestleMania Backlash or whatever the hell pay-per-view they're going to do in April. But I think for right now, I am going with Johnny Gargano becoming the new United States champion, leaving Montreal with the title. And ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude episode 253 of the... 352? 253. That was a while ago. 352 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion. Get you ready and prepared for episode 353 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for episode 352 of the YLP podcast. Once again, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world of course th- thank you so much for checking out this episode and i greatly and always will appreciate it if you have a qu- any questions comments concerns or opinions about today's episode do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message over on anchor.fm slash young lines perspective and if you want to hit me up with an email and you want to be so kind about that you can hit me up at young lines perspective at gmail.com if you want to follow me all of my socials you can find me over on twitter at YL Perspective and over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. You can also find me on Facebook. Just simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Next week on the YLP Podcast, we'll be basically doing an entire review of what went down today. Elimination Chamber Day. An entire Elimination Chamber review and I hope hopefully go into next Saturday in a very good mood because the last couple of times, you know, with Royal Rumble and NXT Avengers Day, they put on solid shows and I hope WWE continues that streak going down next Saturday for episode 353. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. Enjoy your week. I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 353 of the YL. Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.